Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Hear these words of scripture. Now there were some present that at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too all will perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all perish. But then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears, next, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, I'll cut it down. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, husband. <laughs> we are in our third week of Lent. Lent is the time before Easter in which we prepare ourselves for the gift on Easter morning. Often we do this through restraint and confession and piety, and it can feel like we're trying to earn the hope of Easter. But life right now is difficult enough. We have struggled through COVID and all of the 11 million changes for two years now. And there's a war looming in Western Europe, and that's along with all of the normal things of life, illnesses, uncertainty, and balancing all that life demands of us. So we're exhausted. And so this year, during Lent, we are going to practice Lent a little bit differently. We're going to lean into the truth that there's nothing we can do to earn the gift of Easter. We're going to be reminded of the truth that God fills us to the brim with God's spirit, with God's love and hope and courage and joy, even in the midst of our exhaustion, and our suffering. We're going to emphasize the gift and the promise of our baptisms, that God has already claimed us as God's own, and nothing that we can do will ever change or erase that. That's how we're going to celebrate Lent this year. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of my favorite quotes from any book that I ever read is the line, worth is inherent, given by God, not earned by our hustling. It's from a book called Present Over Perfect from, by Shauna Nequist, and I love it so much that I painted it on a mug. Over the years, this mug has become chipped and there's little cracks forming inside and it's discolored by the tea and the coffee that I've drank from it. 
but it's been a reminder for me through the years that my worth is inherent. It is given by God, and it's not earned by anything that I have ever done or ever will do. Because I've struggled with feelings of unworthiness for as long as I can remember. From the outside, growing up, my life looked pretty great. When I was growing up, my parents were loving and supportive. They still are. And we always had enough money for everything we wanted as well as what we needed. And they were supportive and they cared for me. And I was mostly happy. But I also had this deep sense that something was wrong with me. So somewhere along the way, I decided that the way that I was going to cure these feelings was through perfection. Because if I felt unworthy, I could just be perfect at everything, right? It was that simple. <laughs> we know that's not true. I threw myself into dance classes, band, cross country. I worked hard in school, and I tried to be a supportive and a selfless friend. My self-worth was then high when I got good grades and when I felt included, but then it crashed down when I didn't do well academically or I was left out. And so then I would try to do to, I would try harder and I would do better. Because these are the ways in which the world tells us that we are supposed to measure our worthiness through production and success and status and achievement, and yet we know that none of this works. And so through spiritual growth and some therapy, I have begun to cultivate this unconditional self-worth and to shed the belief that I am not good enough. I have begun embracing myself, all of my little strange quirks and all, and this new path, it's, it's liberating, and it's enlivening and, and life-giving, but it's also challenging. And it's the path that we see in today's scripture. Jesus is in the midst of this extended teaching session with the disciples, and he's urging them not to waste any time getting ready for God's dawning of a new era. And knowing that this urgency of repentance, what he's talking about, is a tricky topic, Jesus tackles it by using this kind of poetic waterfall. He lays out a series of images in quick succession, and in, like a slideshow, he pictures all of his subject from all these different types of vantage points. He says, think of it like this, or like this, or like this. And as the waterfall gains momentum, the common current that is flowing through it becomes clear, that the time has come to change your ways, right here and right now. And this week's passage stands at the foot of this metaphorical waterfall. Jesus is urging his listeners to take an active and a practical part in their own redemptive transformation in reorienting themselves with the Spirit's help away from death and destruction and then towards a life of restoration. For Jesus, that is what repentance is all about, to get off the path of death 
and to come to the life with Jesus. And so today's scripture that Russ read for us, we see this fig tree that's growing in a vineyard. And it's not bearing any fruit. There's a fig tree in the middle of a vineyard because every little piece of property was important. Every little piece of soil needed to be used. But here, this, this tree hasn't borne fruit in three years. I learned that it's born, not bared or bored. What did I say? In the last service, I had like three different ways of saying that word, but it is born. I've had 11 people tell me, so I know. But it hasn't given any fruit for three years. And so the man wants to cut it down and use that soil for something else. He says, why should it use up the soil? But then the gardener comes in. And he says, sir, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll dig it around it, and I'll fertilize it. And then if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. This land, this limited resource, needed to be used. But before doing that, the gardener says, let me give this tree what it needs. Let me care for it and nourish it. Then let's see what happens. For me, this is a reminder that what I do or produce, my worth does not come from what I do or produce all by myself, but it comes from God and what God does through me. And sometimes that production doesn't look like the production that the world signifies. It doesn't give anything other than maybe a smile to someone who needs it. Or maybe it's an acknowledgement of someone, I see you. Or maybe it's just sitting and listening to the birds and reveling in the beauty of God all by myself and not giving anyone else anything but resting in my own knowledge that I am worthy of all of the beauty that God has created. That is a good thing. That is the reminder of unconditional self-worth that we can see in this scripture. Dr. Ada Gooden shares that, that this unconditional self-worth is, is distinct from our abilities and our accomplishments. It's not about comparing ourselves to others or about what we have more or less of. Unconditional self-worth is just simply the sense that you deserve to be alive. You deserve to be loved and cared for. You can take up space in the world. But many of us struggle with this sense of unworthiness because ads tell us that we need to buy all the things to be loved or accepted or to succeed. And even our educational system teaches us that our worthiness as students is based on grades and test scores because how else are they gonna see whether we're learning anything? And our parents, they might have implied, knowingly or unknowingly, that they'd love us a little more if we made the honor roll or made the varsity team. Those of us who've experienced abuse, sexual assault and trauma might even question our own personhood and very right to exist. 
And then as social media, it, it pervades our lives. We've begun to feel that our worthiness is, is based on number of followers or likes on our picture or feed. Whatever the cause, for many of us, our self-worth is tied to our accomplishments and our possessions. And as soon as we fail or we, we lose approval from someone, we experience a low self-worth. And that can lead to self-criticism and shame and depression and anxiety and, and unhealthy behaviors and, and substance abuse. That is the path of destruction and death that Jesus is encouraging us to turn away from. And God encourages us and yearns for us to then turn away from that, from all of the ways that the world wants us to produce and turn towards the path of life that is God, that is resting in the knowledge of our unconditional, no conditions in our self-worth, that our worth is inherent, it is given by God, it's not earned by our hustling. And that is countercultural in so many ways, and so this mug, it gives me a reminder Almost daily, whenever I need it, I pick it up off of my mug rack and I use it. And so I encourage you to find your own reminder. And one way to do that is through the prayer devotional cards that, came, that come with our Lenten series. And there's a card for each day. They're in one of these little bags, and there's some in the back here, and then also online. Melanie posts them on Facebook and all the social media each day. And they have good reminders. Your worth comes from God, who will never stop loving you. You were made in the image of God. You are allowed to make mistakes. You are not a waste of time or resources. You are not a waste. You are worthy of love and belonging. Your worth is not rooted in your productivity. You are worthy of Sabbath time. You are worthy of a nap. Right? Naps are wonderful. I tell you, this is a holy holy thing to take an afternoon nap, especially on a Sunday. I encourage you to use these reminders to rest in that knowledge that you are worthy simply because you're you. No matter what, even if God loves you always. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing? Yes. No, you don't think so. Everybody's tired now. Okay. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite the, the praise team to come up, and, and as they are settling in, I want to invite those who are joining online um, during this next song, please share any prayers that you have that you would like to share with us in the comments on Facebook or at prayer at brexelumc.com. And I invite you to stand in body or in spirit as we sing this next song.
have a few prayers that have come in. Kathy asked for prayers for Phyllis as she has stage four cancer and is now in hospice. And Hillary asked for prayers um, for peace as she waits for the results of a procedure or waits for a procedure and then for results. 
And I want to share a prayer of praise and joy. Um, my, it's my mother-in-law's birthday, Mama Peg. It's her birthday today. And so I have to say that in case she's watching and worshiping from somewhere else. I don't know how old she is, and I wouldn't say how old she is, even if I knew. But it is her birthday, and I am very grateful for her and for the love that gave her soul. And then also, it's, oh, it's not spring yet. We have another, what, 40, 46 minutes, 47 minutes? Is that what, is that what, she, is that what Jenny said? 11.33, something like that? Okay, but spring is almost here, and that's very exciting. And yes, okay. And with that, I also want to ask for continued prayers for all those who are in Ukraine, as well as in Russia, the people of Russia. Prayers for that whole um, war, the situation there, for love, for um, for peace and for, for assurance and, and strength, whatever they need. I can't even imagine what is going on and how they are getting through that. But I know and I am so glad that God is with them, even in the midst of it. Let us pray. God who knows us, we are amazed by you. Your love never runs out. Your hope never runs dry. Your joy never gives up. We wish that we could be more like you in that way. In a world that loves scarcity, your abundance is shocking. And in a world that knows fear, your joy is compelling. In a world that knows anxiety all too well, your peace is captivating. And we long for these things. So today we ask you to be with us on this hamster wheel of life. Be with us when compassion fatigue rears her head. Be with us when stress makes it hard to breathe and self-doubt pushes in close. God, be with us when exhaustion becomes constant or when loneliness becomes our primary language. Be with us and show us the way to the life you long for us. A life of expansive faith of life over, with overflowing joy, captivating beauty, and mesmerizing purpose. God, show us a life that is as honest and rich and meaningful as the one Jesus led. And until that expansive and that holy and beautiful day, we will continue to gather together to look for you in our midst. And God, we pray that you might pour out a double portion of yourself onto our bodies, our souls, our hearts, and our minds, so that we might catch a glimpse of your goodness. God, we are so amazed by you. And we pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus, as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
I also wanted to mention all of the little children wandering and running around and chattering and talking during the service is very wonderful. Before we leave, we always want to leave you with a way that you can live into our mission of creating safe spaces to grow with God and one another, not just here, but out in the world. And one way that you can do that is by joining our multicultural conversation that is this Tuesday at 7 o'clock online. And you can join using the link on our website on the calendar, or you can go to our link tree, or you can connect with us in the office and we will get you the link. And they will be talking about the power that is in asking questions. And whether you have been part of these conversations before or you don't even really know what multicultural conversations are, you are welcome and invited to join and wonder and process and grow together. And then also on Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning, we are going to have a Good Word production party. And that will be in the parlor. Woohoo! And um, it's a great way to gather together to kind of do a meditative um, routine of, of folding and, and putting stickers on. It's very kind of soothing and processing to do that. And it's a way you can get to know our new office manager, Jacqueline. And then also we are in need of Easter flowers. If you would like to order our Easter flower to decorate our beautiful sanctuary for Easter Sunday, then you can do that um, with the insert that's in your bulletin or by going to our link tree and on online. And we ask that those will be, um, you give those in by April 3rd so that we have time to plan and that you can take them home after Easter and use them to beautify your home, or you can also donate them to a shut-in from our church. And then also, a way that you can be in determined service together with us is through going to Camp Wanaki on April 9th. And we ask that you will um, give, let us know you're coming by April 1st, and that's a way that anybody can help out, um, whether little kids or older kids or anywhere in between, you can go together um, or you can go by yourself and we will be doing all types of projects at Camp Wanaki to beautify it and prepare it for the summer months and the kids' camps throughout the summer. And then finally, my iPad turned off. With that, I tell you, technology is beautiful and wonderful, except when it isn't but we know that God's always there, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to take that into the world. So if you have any questions, um, check out our link tree on the website. Call into our office. We would love to help you get connected, but let us now take a deep breath. We did this in the other service, and I want to do it here. Take a deep breath, like literally do it. Okay. Unlock your jaw. Oh, that feels better. Okay. Now let us receive the good word, the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. God, we gather as your people to raise our song above and return. Claim the promise of your love.